Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Stall Podcast. My name is Jevin Cheney and I am joined by Mark Spagnolo. Hello. So, Mark, <laughs> you're smoking away and the stall is about to hit. You look to the left, you look to the right, and you can't find anything that you need to do. Mm. So, you start going inside. And just as your tukus hits the recliner, you remember, oh crap. I already finished all of my barbecue pitmaster episodes. <laughs> now you're really in a predicament. That is just the worst. And you are darn right. Anxiously waiting for the stall to end can be a grueling task. But never fear, our podcast is here. Yeah, on this show, we're going to dive into the plethora of topics in the world of barbecue. Uh, while we plan to get into the advanced stuff, we don't want to assume that you're a seasoned pit master. I'm certainly not. So we're going to start at the beginning. We plan on discussing various techniques, terminology, and equipment. So if you are just starting out, you won't be lost. Absolutely. So Mark and I have been chatting for a little while now and just kind of coming up with different topics that we would like to cover. Uh, we plan on having some pretty good conversations and maybe even some heated debates. Mm. Uh, but we'll save that juiciness for uh, episodes <laughs> to come. Totally. Uh, so now that uh, now I know what you're thinking. Uh, I have no clue who these guys are. Why should I even bother listening to them? Well, let me tell you why. So my name is Jevin Cheney, and you can find me at Cheney Concepts on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. I live in Central Ohio, but I have lived in Arizona and West Texas. Uh, I am currently in my eighth year of teaching special education in the public school setting. My lovely wife and I have been married for seven years. We have three children, uh, Lily, who is seven, Jackson, who is five, and Addie Mae is three. Uh, life is pretty hectic. <clears throat> My lovely wife and I have been married for, oh wait, I already said that part. While She'll living in Texas. appreciate that you said it twice. Yes, well, <laughs> she's just on my mind. I know she's, she's uh, anxiously ready to hear this part. So, yeah. uh, But when I lived in Texas, that was roughly 2015, right out of uh, college. Uh, I was quickly surrounded by outdoor cooking and instantly fell in love with everything to do with it. Um, an old rickety uh, charcoal grill was the very first pit that I really cooked on um, using indirect heat for chicken. I can remember the smell and all the sounds that went with it. And uh, from then I was absolutely hooked and I just could not get enough. Um, after that, I moved up to the offset smoker. It was a kind of a smaller one, uh, but it really taught me the process and um, more of an appreciation for the whole process as well. Um, a little bit lower and slower. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's where I, I really dove into the more traditional uh, chunks of meat, your brisket, your ribs, and your pulled pork. Sure. Uh, once I started that, I really wanted my own. Um, so I actually built my own, and I still have it today. It's about a 100-gallon offset. Uh, sits on a, a, a trailer. Um, moved back to Ohio cooked for family and friends, and then I realized uh, I need something bigger. So I then built a 500-gallon offset, <laughs> and that is my main pit um, for any type of catering or any type of large gatherings. Um, I would love to eventually build a 1,000-gallon because it's pretty crazy how you can outgrow that as well. I can't even imagine. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, crazy. 
uh, it's long nights. Oh, that's yeah. that's all I'll say for that. But sure. But my everyday cooker is the Green Mountain Grill Jim Bowie pellet smoker. I believe it goes by Peak now since they uh, switched marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that little cheater smoker can cook some meat, and it gets used all the time. Uh, but without diving into too much and spoiling all the future episodes, Mark, uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. A lot of people might know me as the Wood Whisperer. Uh, I do a bunch of stuff online about woodworking. So we've got a podcast about woodworking called Wood Talk. I do the Wood Whisperer on YouTube, and you can find me pretty much anywhere you search for Wood Whisperer. But I also like barbecue, and I've uh, talked about barbecue a lot. I even got to the point where I started a second channel about barbecue called TWW Barbecue. Um, I don't produce a ton of content there because my primary gig with content is woodworking, but I'd like to do more, and I always get requests for more. So uh, doing a podcast like this, is great inspiration for that and great fuel, um, pun intended, for me to continue to make mm-hmm. more content there as well. Um, so yeah, I've, uh, I've I've also got a family and uh, my wife, I don't know how long we've been married. I never remember numbers, but she probably won't listen to this, so it'll be fine. Um, so I do have a oh, wife and two kids. <laughs> I'll force her, man. I'm going to force her to listen yeah. to at least the first one. Uh, yes. But I've got two little ones, uh, Mateo and Ava. Um, you know, oddly enough, uh, not big lovers of barbecue. I'm I'm like really trying to get them to get into it. And I think we're going to have some real interesting conversations because I think part of the, the thing about being the home cook, the home smoker, <clears throat> is trying to make sure you have an audience for this stuff. And depending on your family, you might be like me, where some of your kids or one of your kids or someone in your family doesn't eat the stuff and you still have yeah. to get a meal on the table. Like there's compromises that we have to make, not just in the meal itself, but in how we cook it and what kind of time we have to cook it. Um, So a lot of that influences what I do when it comes to uh, smoking. So my history with smoking goes back to probably about 2006, 2007. I've always been into grilling. I like the idea of grilling. I was just never really that good at it until I started to take it seriously. Um, I picked up an offset just one of the cheapest offsets. I mean, I didn't have much money. So I got the cheapest offset I could buy Mm -hmm. thinking they're all probably the same, (laughs) which was an interesting (laughs) uh, learning lesson later. Uh, So I tried that and had a terrible experience and made a pretty much inedible food on it and really quickly lost interest. Uh, it, It just wasn't fun. And I thought it was too much work and I just could not keep the pit at a constant temperature too hot or too cold. It was just out of control. Uh, So it wasn't until about maybe 2009 that I started to research a little bit more. I learned about Kamados and dropped some hints to my family. And then one uh, one year, I think it was like a Father's Day possibly. Um, No, 2009, I didn't have a kid yet. So I I scratched that. It was probably my birthday. (laughs) I'm real good with these these memories, man. Uh, But my family mm -hmm. chipped in, got me uh, the Primo Oval XL. And that, that was a game changer. That was mm-hmm. when I started to really uh, look at the recipes, the techniques involved, the ability of a Kamado with that like inch thick ceramic and how heat efficient and fuel efficient it is opened up all kinds of new doors and new avenues to yeah. cooking that I really started to actually make serviceable meals off of the thing. So that's mm-hmm. really what sparked my interest. Uh, so that was in Arizona. Since then, I've moved to Denver, and now we are in Missouri as of this past year. So I'm in. It's kind of cool to be in one of the, you know, if we pinpoint the, I don't know how many. There are four, five, six main hubs of 
known, you know, sort of regional barbecue, obviously yep. Kansas City being one of them. It's it's super cool to, to be in a Correct. place like yeah. that. But, you know, more more competition around here, I guess. That's true. Um, yes, I, I would. Absolutely. Right. So I would I would firmly describe myself as like being in the enthusiast camp. Uh, I do not do large catering events. I may cook for small groups, um, but I'm not going to, you know, to me, a hundred gallon or 500 gallon smoker would just be like, it would look really silly to have my one pork butt <laughs> sitting <laughs> inside this thing that's the size of a giant uh-huh. missile. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's not really my gig, but being an enthusiast and a hobbyist around this stuff, um, I have, I have great respect for people who do what you do, man. When you, when you actually weld this thing yourself and you're putting together this amazing pit, I think that's freaking fantastic, but I don't have that skill set, but I do have the interest. So I'm going to kind of present the more of like, well, I kind of just went and bought a solution to my problem, uh, sort of person. And I think, you know, there's room for all of us, right. In in the world of uh, cooking and smoking. Um, so I would say for, you know, what I'm cooking on right now, I have too many things. We'll talk about Mm -hmm. them in the future. Maybe you guys can help me with my problem. Um, There are just too many cookers. But the ones I use most frequently, I've got a new Lone Star Grills offset that I use. And that's when I have time to manage a fire, which isn't very often. Uh, But that's my stick burner. Uh, Makes just tremendous barbecue. I'm only three cooks in on it, but absolutely love it. I still have the Primo, and I also have a Weber Kamado. Um, That's the, the, it's going to be fun when we really get into all these details. Um, But the Weber Kamado is just, it's a blast. And I'll have fun explaining why I I actually kind of like that more than the Primo. But if I'm doing like a charcoal-based smoking, if I'm in the mood for that, those are the tools I'm going to use for that. And then I've got a Rectech pellet grill uh, that just works for weekday cooks when you just want that little extra bit of flavor on top of like mm-hmm. a pork chop or you got to get oh, food yes. on the table by, you know, six o'clock. Uh, it, that, that thing is hard to beat. And the, the electronic control, just a little bit of extra flavor from the pellets is just a great, great combination. Um, so that, that is me in a nutshell as far as cooking goes. Awesome. I definitely learned a lot. I didn't know you had that many different uh, cooking apparatuses there. It's a problem, and I'd like help. <laughs> I well, need an yeah. intervention is what I need. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in a way, I'm glad I don't have the space for it. Because uh, yeah. up here in the elements, if it's out, it gets rusted. And that's totally. well. And as you are quickly going to learn, being yep. new to Missouri. Yes, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. Like, uh, I was thinking back to, I don't know if it's always been this way, but it does seem in recent years a lot of this stuff had a real uptick. And I think the impact of COVID in a lot of industries that, you know, did this where a, a lot of these companies were selling more smokers and grills than they ever have because everybody was stuck home. Everybody mm-hmm. was inclined to cook and not go out. And I think it was a game changer for a lot of these companies, but it also led, I feel like it just seems like a lot more innovation and new products on the market, new brands, like little boutique brands coming out of nowhere with this cool mm-hmm. little grill. There's just so much fun stuff. And again, that's why I like to refer to myself as an enthusiast because I'm I'm yeah. enthusiastic about like enough about it to go and buy redundancy, the like things uh-huh. I don't actually need, but I wanted <laughs> to try it. And in the end, I'll sell off the ones I don't, you know, that I find that I don't use and just narrow it down to, you know, like two or three that I actually do use. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and actually, that that's kind of what we're going to dive into for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk a lot of, about all the different kind of pits and suggestions and why we like certain ones and all that kind of stuff. I know that's going to be an absolute fun one. Absolutely. But, Mark, I do have one last question. We'll wrap oh, yeah. this one up. Other than your own barbecue, where was your best bite? Mm. So... 
I have not had the good fortune of traveling and trying barbecue. Um, and th- I'm, I'm kind of going between two answers here because I know we, we talked in the past and I mentioned something the last time about a neighbor. We had like a little cook off in the neighborhood back in Denver mm-hmm. and my neighbor made a, um, uh, burn ends. So pork belly burnt ends that first time I actually ever had them. Cause to me, I look at burn ends and I'm like, well, that just looks like chubby bacon. And do I really want a mouthful of chubby bacon? <laughs> and then usually, uh-huh. and so it's never been something I would order off a menu. Right. And hadn't had a chance right. to cook it myself, but man, I wasn't expecting good barbecue at this thing. And somebody put that in front of me and I'm like, I had died and gone to heaven. That was, it was so delicious because it just was unexpectedly delicious. And of course, very rich. Like I'm not eating six of those. (laughs) It was like one and I was, that was good. Um, But there was one other bite and I think it actually is a little bit more intense and more memorable. And I'm surprised I didn't think of it last time. And that is, I had a good fortune of going to... Stephen Reichlin's um, barbecue, what do they call that? He's got like a thing where people come out to a hotel and they spend oh. like five days there just mm-hmm. learning and cooking and doing different recipes and stuff like that. So just like a class. On one, yeah, exactly. It's it's all been meant to be fully hands-on instructional, um, just great experience. It was a, some something my wife bought for me um, that I've been oh, wow. I've wanted to go to for years and she finally mm-hmm. was able to get me tickets. So, it, you know, kind of a big deal. But yeah. the first day he had a, I guess like a sponsorship with crowd cow. And it's one of those like online uh, meat suppliers. And they okay. had a incredible Wagyu brisket that was there. And oh, this boy. thing was just marbled like a piece of meat that I would, I would just be afraid to touch it. Like I, yep. I, I would probably mess it up. I don't want the responsibility, but mm-hmm. while we were there, um, Steven smoked that and it would, they were doing like some filming for it and stuff. It was a big promotion yep. they were doing. But as part of it, once it was off the smoker, uh, we got that passed around. Everybody got an, a couple of pieces of it. And it, like, I don't necessarily always buy into the expensive meats and things like that. Like, I think what's great about barbecue is taking really cheap cuts of meat and just making mm-hmm. them taste absolutely amazing. <clears throat> so an extremely expensive cut of meat, it kind of rubs the wrong way a little bit. But uh-huh. at the yep. same time, th- that was to answer your question in a very long way, the most delicious bite of barbecue I have ever had was, and again, I don't know how much of it I could have eaten because it's so rich, but my goodness, it was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, your body will quickly tell you that you overdid it and the meat sweats are a (laughs) real thing. So yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, when you've gone too far. Yes. Franklin's uh, uh, down in Austin definitely made me uh, sprint to a restroom. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I know that feeling. Uh, yes, absolutely. But so that sounds like you? an awesome experience. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, I'll have to remember some of the details. I've got even got the little uh, um, like thing that you get with all the recipes in, and I'll break that out yep. and uh, talk a little bit about that. Because that's oh, another yeah. thing, too. Like, well, well, we can get into that, too, is um, taking classes. And where do you go to learn? Um, mm-hmm. Should you just you know focus on things online? Or is it really worth it to take some kind of an in-person class? That'll be some fun topics. Yeah. One of one of my goals for down the road is to be able to do my own class. So, oh, that'd be um, great. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, my f- best bite. Uh, I have had the privilege of traveling quite a bit. Um, it would have to be at Kreitz Market in Lockhart, Texas, mm. and it wasn't your typical like ribs or brisket. Uh, my favorite bite has to be their sausage. <laughs> really? And nice. Yes. 
And uh, again, it's not really something that you would think of uh, as far as the big main meats, but the mm-hmm. sausage, the first bite, there's juices flying everywhere. Um, <laughs> the, the jalapeno and the cheddar and the smokiness all hit your tongue and it takes you to another dimension. Oh, and man. I got a bunch to go for the next three or four days, whether I warmed them up or kept them cold, uh, we were working at an auction. So um, meals were just whenever we could get them. And oh my goodness, wow. absolutely phenomenal. And the experience there was amazing. They cook in these very old, old all brick pits. Um, they've got a mm-hmm. giant butcher block. The, just the experience was awesome. Wow. So if you're in Lockhart, I highly suggest you try uh, Kreitz Market along with, uh, there's a couple other good ones there as well, but that's my recommendation. Well, that's interesting because you're right. The sausage, if I'm given a plate of like classic barbecue and there's some sausage, I might try the sausage. It certainly would not mm-hmm. be like the first go-to. So having, and that's the thing, it's a shame because there are some really delicious uh, sausages out there, but just for what whatever reason with my my brain, I would not think about the sausage first, but now, now I might do that because I might be missing something if I don't try it. We would like to thank you so much for tuning in to our barbecue podcast. We hope you enjoyed this intro and continue to tune in for future episodes where we really dive into more specific topics that will only help you elevate your barbecue. Please subscribe to the channel on any of your listening platforms. And if you have a question, head on over to our website, thestallpodcast.com, and submit your question. We would love to try to answer it on air. If you do social media, you can find us at Stall Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you. There you go. Awesome. This is exciting. I can't wait. I'm sick of talking about woodworking. Let's talk about meat. Oh, yeah. We're definitely going to talk about meat.